It's the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, live from Methuen Community Studios. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. If you have a take or comment, feel free to call in by dialing 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. Well, we might as well start off, as always, where we left off last week. So, last Tuesday night, the Boston Celtics were trying to make it nine wins in a row, and they did just that, beating the Philadelphia 76ers 135-87. to They tried to make it 10 in, a row, 10 in a row Wednesday night against the Detroit Pistons, but would fall a point short, losing 112-111 to before going into the All-Star break. Let me dissect that game real quick against the Pistons there. Uh, Jason Tatum, right, trying to be trying to be the hero. At the end of the game, you know, pulls up pulls up for a jump shot at the at the at the top of the key and and misses it obviously because if he made they would have won. Why can't you just drive to the hoop and get the the foul draw the foul, get the points, whatever it is? Get what you have to get because it's better than losing the game. I mean, you could have 10 straight wins heading into the All-Star game instead of heading it into, you know, cutting it off at nine wins and going going in there with a loss. So that's my uh, that's my little rant there as far as uh, <clears throat> Jason Tatum is, is concerned in the Celtics. Let's get into All-Star Weekend, though, uh, which was in Cleveland, and representing the Boston Celtics was the man I just ranted about, Jason Tatum, uh, in the All-Star Game. So, uh, just just something going off on a, on a little side rant here, and it's not a rant, but, you know, comment, I guess. Uh, it's going to be fun uh, to be able to watch Tatum's son, Deuce, grow up around the team, around him, uh, especially with, you know, you have to realize this, he had Deuce when he was 19 years old. So, there's only a 19... Um, year age gap there uh, between father and son and so you know what I usually see with with such small age gaps is they usually become best friends so it's going to be fun to be able to watch uh, you know them become best friends if you will because you know they already are best friends if you haven't if you haven't been able to tell uh, Deuce is basically there at, at every one of Tatum's games uh, cheering him on from the court side uh, and and those two certainly have a special bond. So it's like I said, always fun uh, to be able to watch, um, you know, watch Deuce uh, from the sidelines uh, cheering his cheering his dad on. Speaking of uh, father and sons having a special bond, another All Star player, LeBron James, said in an in interview that wherever Bronny is at, that's where he'll be. Or that's where I'll be at. I would do whatever it takes to play with my son for one year. It's not about the money at that point. So here he is uh, referring to playing with his son, Bronny, uh, who I believe is still in high school. Um, and so has a while, I think at least three years. So something interesting to see there that obviously LeBron James wants to be able to play with his son, Bronny, um, before he retires. And I'm sure he'll, he'll make that happen. Uh, LeBron, another interesting thing, he also mentioned that he has not ruled out a return to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's something to to think about and to keep in mind. Is he not happy in L.A.? What's going on there? Well, anyways, during the halftime show of the All-Star Game itself, the 75-year NBA team was announced, and the Big Three was were back together. That's right. You heard me right. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Whatever beef KG and Allen had... Seemed to be over after the halftime show, at least, uh, where Garnett was shown looking up at the big screen as Allen walked by, dabbing up, if you will, uh, LeBron James. And Garnett kind of looking the other way, if you will. But the next day, a picture surfaced of the big three together, smiling, happy, and Kevin Garnett in the middle between Allen and Paul Pierce. Something to note, the Celtics are going to retire KG's number number five, March 13th, where he'll go into the rafters, and we will have to find out to see if Ray Allen is there to support him 
in honoring him. As far as the Celtics moving forward, they come off of the All-Star break Thursday night when they will take on the Brooklyn Nets, the Detroit Pistons on Saturday, and the Indiana Pacers on Sunday. The Seas are right there in the mix of things in sixth place with a 34-26 and overall record, but only three and a half games behind the Miami Heat, who are in first place with a 38-21 and record. So, like I said last week, uh, what seems so far is yet so close. Moving on to the NHL and the Boston Bruins. They lost against the New York Rangers last Tuesday night in a shootout that went into nine rounds. Then for Thursday night, the Bees would get Patrice Bergeron back on the bench after being out for a few games with a head head injury, but still lost 4-1 to one against the New York Islanders. But would turn it around in the last two games, beating the Ottawa Senators in overtime Saturday night, Saturday night 3-2, to two, and then getting a huge win against a very good team in the Colorado Avalanche 5-1 to one yesterday at home on President's Day. The Bees will play again Thursday night when they start their six-game road trip against the Seattle Kraken, uh, where they will be joined again by one of their leaders, Brad Marchand, after serving a six-game suspension after punching Penguins goalie Tristan Jarry. Marchand did appeal his suspension after three games, but would uh, end up getting uh, upheld. You would think that Jerry would have had to make a threat towards Marshand or say something uh, about someone important to Marshand for him to react like that, uh, but no. Marshand threw a jab at him because Jerry said, how about that bleeping save? I mean, come on, Brad. That's ridiculous. You're going to let somebody get into your head just because they say, how about that bleeping save? Give me a break. Be a man. Now, there's no question about whether or not he should have been suspended. But for six games, well, that might have been a little excessive. Here's some of the report uh, from the appeal. Under its uh, formula, the NHLPA then halved those suspensions because it argued Marshan's acts were less egregious. Excuse me. It argued that Marshan's disciplinary, uh, disciplinary history would double an assumed two-game suspension to four games. So assuming, you know, get a two-game suspension, it would be four However, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman rejected those comparisons, adding that there is simply no player who has a disciplinary history comparable to Mr. Marshand's. Bettman noted that only does Marshand have eight suspensions, but he has been fined four times. His two infractions this season were 21 games apart. Let me read that again to you. There is simply no player who has a disciplinary history comparable to Mr. Marshans. That is just hilarious. I mean, come on. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the Bees. Uh, they have that game Thursday night, and then they will play the San Jose Sharks Saturday night and the LA Kings Monday night. The Bees are currently still in fourth place with a 15-29 and overall record behind the Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Florida Panthers, who are in first place with a 50-35 and record. But remember, the NHL is on a point system, so that is why the Bruins are sitting there in fourth place. However, just like the Celtics, they are so far yet so close to that number one position and seem to be heading in the right direction with a two-game winning streak heading into their six-game West Coast road trip. Also happening this weekend was a fight in college basketball in the handshake line. Yes, that's right. You heard me right. A fight in the handshake line for a college basketball game. And to make it worse, it wasn't the players, but it was the coaches. So let's set it up. The Wisconsin Badgers beat the Michigan Wolverines on Sunday, 77-63. to So obviously not an extremely close game. So what made Howard act out um, like this, you might ask. All right, so Wisconsin Badgers head coach Greg Greg Gard calls a timeout while Michigan was full court pressing them with 15 seconds remaining in the game. Anyways, to say the least, Howard didn't like that and originally did not go in the handshake line, but then all of a sudden joined it and said to Wisconsin's coach, uh, head coach, excuse me, Greg Gard, I won't bleeping forget this, and continues to walk, but that's when the Badgers head coach Greg Gard grabs him, and it only escalates from there, and Howard ends up throwing a punch at one of the Badgers' assistant coaches. Um... Starting off uh, with the light penalties, Badgers head coach uh, Gary Gard was fined $10,000 for grabbing Howard, uh, no suspension of any games, and reserve guard uh, Jacoby Neath received a one-game suspension. 
As far as Michigan goes, two of their players have been suspended for a game, Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams. And lastly, Michigan has uh, suspended head coach Jawan Howard for the rest of the season, which is only five games, which will cost them around $130,000. And on top of that, the Big Ten has fined him $40,000, which is the biggest in Big Ten history. So... That looks like uh, $170,000 that Howard will be looking at losing um, from um, from his incident this weekend. You might ask, you know, why, why, um, why so much action uh, is, is being taken? And, and I'll give you the answer. It's because this is not Howard's first incident. Uh, last year, he got into a heated argument and had to be restrained by his assistance with the then Maryland coach, Mark Turgeon, but only got ejected from that game and did not receive any penalty from the Big Ten or Michigan. So we'll see what happens as we move forward with this going uh, with this ongoing situation, but not good at all. Not only that, but it doesn't show good leadership for his players. Your coaches are supposed to be your role models and your leaders, and that is just no way to act because that is now basically telling your players that is okay to act that way. So I, I don't support that in any uh, any situation. All right, now moving on to the NFL in the offseason. Well, the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl parade and festivities were last Wednesday in L.A., in which not a lot of people lined the streets compared to all of the Boston parades that we have been lucky to experience over the years. The big talk of the week, though, was the viral video of a photographer taking photos of Matthew Stafford and his wife Kelly. As uh, And as she was taking pictures of the couple, she fell off the very high stage in which she ended up fracturing her spine. The worst part is that Stafford, Matt Stafford, walks away from this situation in which some people say you can read his lips telling his wife, Kelly, to take care of the situation, in which he could have been thinking in his head, I've had a little too much to drink to be able to deal with this right now. It could come out to be a liability on me. So take that for what it is. Kelly tried helping her out, obviously running towards the end of the stage to check on her, but wasn't able uh, to jump off the stage to help her because it was just too high. But at least she didn't walk away from the incident. Incident, excuse me. Anywho, the next day, the Staffords came out with an apology from Matt, as well as a statement saying that they will pay for the photographer's medical bills, as well as a as well as new cameras for her, as they were broken from the fall. More news around the NFL surrounding the Patriots. It is to be believed that Bill Belichick is done hiring for his coaching staff and may not have one person devoted to the offensive and defensive coordinators. So take that for what it is. And with that, I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm opening up the phone lines, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. Obviously, a lot to talk about today. Um in which in which you can go ahead and and talk about those things and if I haven't hit on those things feel free to uh feel free to call in and and bring those things up uh, you know a lot of news you know another thing I mentioned um was the um is the PGA tour they were um excuse me they were in where were they? I'm, oh, excuse me. They were in Riviera this weekend, obviously. Uh, Tiger's Tiger Woods's tournament, um, and so Tiger was there on uh, on on the grounds. He looks good. You know, he didn't look as bad as last year, if you will, as far as him uh, looking. How do I put this in a nice way? Under the weather. Leave it at that. Um, but so he looked very, um, you know, very upbeat and, and and focused and you know after that um but but he did seem out of it and, and that's just because he's very frustrated with the ongoing situation that he is in and waiting to come back uh let me go to jake uh jake in wisconsin what's going on how's it going good man good so uh, I, I know. I know you want to talk about um, this uh, this huge incident there at the basketball game. Were you there? I was not there, but I was watching live, and a couple of my buddies were there, and I got a good friend that's the manager for the Wisconsin basketball team. All right. So you got you got any inside scoops for me on that? I got a little. I mean, uh, my buddy that's the manager who was uh, for the team was talking to some uh, Michigan basketball managers post game after the whole. You know, skirmish. Yep. He said that uh, they wouldn't be surprised if Juwan was eventually out. 
um, you know, because it isn't the first time that right. incident, you know, it hasn't escalated this bad before, but there have been other incidences. Yeah, so that's so that's an interesting take, basically, that he might be he might be done as the Michigan head coach. Possibly, and like that's just that's just manager talk based on what they've seen. And yes, yeah, um, still an interesting take, though. Still, definitely an interesting take. Um, I, what were your what was your like? You know, re, uh, you know. Obviously, I think everybody's reaction is is very similar. Um, but what is your reaction as a, as a Wisconsin student and and a big fan of the team? something like that happens, you know, what, what was your reaction? Um, reaction is definitely to be frustrated at first because it seems it's un- unfair towards our coach. Um, you know, Juwan was still had two starters in the game and his full court press in, so it's clear he was still coaching. And then our coach called a timeout so that his our backups don't get embarrassed. Right. Um, immediate reaction is just, you know, they're grown men. You know, guard my our coach might be a little bit in the wrong for getting in his way and stopping him. Juwan obviously reacted the way he did. I think um, just kind of surprised more than anything. Uh, definitely two classy programs and expected a little bit more from both, I guess. Um, but probably mostly surprised. So let me ask you this, and and this is just me playing, you know, uh, doubles um, advocate for you is uh, or devil's advocate. Sorry. <clears throat> Would you say the reason? I mean, I, I guess either way, you know, your your coach called the timeout. So okay, so there you have that. And then Howard says, you know, I won't bleeping forget this. Hmm. And he kept walking, but your coach grabs him. If your coach didn't grab him, do you think it would have escalated to the point of where it where it went? I don't think so, um, but there's some interesting tidbits of um, about our basketball stadium. Yep. If Juwan is that upset, he could just instead of going to the handshake line, he could have turned the other way and been in the tunnel. So that's what I. That's what I heard. They were t- the announcers were saying, Juwan Howard isn't going into the handshake line, and it seemed like he was going to do that, and then all of a sudden he came into the handshake line. Right. You know, it's, if he was so pissed off that, you know, he was going to say something like that, he could have just turned to 180 and gone the other way into the tunnel and not even had that interaction in the first place. But, yeah, I mean, I saw, I saw a video on Twitter of Jawan and our coach. Um, every time they'd shake hands, you know, grab the elbow and have a little bit of a conversation. So I can see why our coach would do that. Maybe it's the lack of our coach from maybe reading the room a little bit. Okay. Um, but I think our coach, I think it's misunderstanding. I think okay. one, Juwan didn't even have to go into the handshake line, and two, I yep. think our coach was just trying to talk and be like, hey, I did it for this reason. That's fine. I and mean, I think- he could have easily saw Juwan keep walking, and, and I'd say his grab maybe was a little bit aggressive, but anyways, you know, throw, well, say, throw his hand on his chest and say, hey, you, you know, try to talk things out. Exactly. I think that's the goal, and I think it was just tempers flared, and that was that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks for calling in today, Jake. Anything else uh, on your mind happening in the sports world you want to talk about? Um, another thing, I all my buddies are Packers fans. And, okay. Um, certainly the, the Aaron Rodgers. The, the feeling out here in Madison is kind of, they would love to have Devontae and Aaron Rodgers back. But it's going to come at a steep price, and they're going to let some guys go in order to do that. So there's definitely a feeling of maybe it's time to move on from the Aaron Rodgers era here in Madison and from the fans that I've talked to. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good take there. Uh, I also saw today it's possible that Aaron Rodgers is waiting for a is is waiting for Devontae Adams to get signed to get that contract from Green Bay, and then he'll come back. Do you think that can happen? 100%. I, that's definitely what I'm hearing, that both of those guys, that like Devontae won't come back unless Rodgers is back, and Rodgers won't come back unless Devontae's back. Okay. Kind of who's going who's gonna to move first and make their decision first, from what I'm hearing from like local radio and, yeah. and such. Interesting. That's very uh, very interesting. Uh, there's, you know, there's rumors out there that he's uh, – that he's building a house in Nashville, Tennessee. So 
Does that mean he's retiring, or does that mean that he's, uh, you know, maybe going to try and go to the Titans? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I thought at first that he might be going to Denver uh, because of, you know, the ties he has there, you know, from the from the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator, and then also with his, uh, well, now, I guess, ex-fiance, would you call her? Uh, Shailene Woodley had a, you know, w- would live out there from time to time. So I don't know as where, you know, that stands, but that's also, you know, another option that's that's up in the air, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it, you know, awesome, you know, awesome getting that take as far as that is concerned about what um, Packers fans um, are feeling out there. Yeah, and I, and I went to the, I was fortunate enough to go to the Packers-Niners game at Lambeau. Nice. Um, earlier this year, and definitely after that game, there's a feeling, you know, that he's done. Lost walking walking out of the stadium. It was kind of a, well, yeah, what's next kind of feel, and definitely hearing conversations around. He was was not too confident that um, he'd come back. A lot of uncertainty, and and especially, I don't know if you have, you know, recently seen his. Um, you know the messages that he that he the message not messages but the message that he put out um, last la, was it last night I think um, and basically people can't really get a read on it on whether it was a you know a goodbye or whether it was a retirement or whether he was you know moving on or what it was. Yeah, I think there's there's so much you know Aaron Rodgers, especially in recent years. There's been so many cryptic things out there and so I think everyone is just as confused because uh, there's speculation it's a new thing every day there's speculation every single day absolutely absolutely let me get you one one more thing if you have the time I know you're a big baseball guy um and in fact you know you and I both personally know uh Dom Keegan who's a catcher out there in Vanderbilt and I don't know if you have seen um the recent news but Vanderbilt is now using I'm going to say Apple Watches, some type of uh, technological uh, wristband to basically tell the pitcher what pitch is coming, tell everybody what pitch is coming. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I noticed that. I was watching the Oklahoma State uh, series um, earlier this week and uh, this weekend, and I I like it. I, it's definitely you got to be careful. It's definitely one, another avenue for teams to exploit technology um one thing i've been reading on twitter that's the biggest knock on it is that it takes away like sign stealing is a part of the game when there's a runner on second yep um and that kind of takes away that so i see some people complaining about that but i like it i think baseball needs to make an effort to modernize a little bit uh, especially in terms of pace of play and that's kind of the intended purpose of this uh wrist electronic wrist device um to improve pace of play so i I don't mind it. I just think it could be a thing that can be exploited in the future. Okay. Yeah, definitely definitely an interesting take as far as uh as far as that is concerned. Well, if you don't have anything else, thanks for calling in today, Jake. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, Harry. All right, thanks, bud. All right, so there's uh there's my good friend uh Jake from Wisconsin. Uh he's a he's a badger. He's a badger out there in Wisconsin and so it's good to get his take on Everything going on uh, out there with the past uh, incident, obviously, on Sunday between the uh, Michigan Wolverines uh, head coach, uh, Jawan Howard, and um, his uh, head coach, uh, Greg Gard. Uh, so anyways, moving on, uh, almost halfway uh, through the show here on the uh, Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. If you have a take or comment, feel free to call in 978-301-6877. That's 978 978- Three zero one six eight seven seven. All right, and here's a fan favorite, Ray from Methuen. Ray, go ahead. Hey, Harrison, how's it going? Not much, man. That that might have been one of the nicest introductions I've given you in in all of sports talk history. You're always picking on me. <laughs> I don't know why. Be- it's just I because somebody why. does. If I don't, who is? That's correct. You know, you correct. know what I By mean. Yeah, that was a that was a good uh, uh, call from uh, from a young man in uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, it was good. You know, I I, re- I reached out to him. I wanted to, you know, get that get that feeling of of what it's like out there. Obviously, as a Badgers fan, and 
Um, and he was able to elaborate a little more as far as, um, you know, the feelings uh, around there about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So that was a little extra uh, that we were able to get from him. Yeah, they're talking about Aaron going to, uh, what, Denver now? Yeah, and, you know, I— uh, was, that, was that a a spot for him? Yeah, that's that's been a spot for him. I've Or at least, listen, it has always uh, been a spot there for me that I've had him there. Uh, just going back to the fact that, you know, Denver might have had a bigger plan in hiring the offensive coordinator, uh, the, or the Packers' um, recent uh, Packers' recent offensive coordinator, in a way to try and get Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. Uh, and then the other thing I threw in there was that 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 would make sense of this is that now his ex-fiance was there. Uh, Shailene Woodley had a house in Denver and would live there uh, from time to time. So it kind of all did did make sense. Now now that it's his ex-fiance, I don't know. Uh, but the the option is definitely still on the table as far as uh, from what I hear. Well, it'll be interesting. I still uh, I'm still going to hold on to uh, my theory that uh, he's he's going to uh, stay as a Green Bay Packer. I. I don't uh, think he'll be moving on. He's going to uh, Green Bay is going to come up with with the money that that he's asking. So, uh, not that he holds a gun to their head, so to speak, but uh, maybe he does. And he says, "Listen." And Green Bay Green Bay has a history of uh, holding on to their premier quarterbacks, uh, you know, all the way way back. Bot star, so it's uh, it's a, it'll be interesting. I think Green Bay is going to come up with the money. They're going to find a way that they can uh, pay him, uh, and he will uh, he will stay there. Well, that's something uh, I that's but, something I said as well last week. Uh, is basically that I saw, I think it was on ESPN. <clears throat> somebody tweeted out that that the the Green Bay Packers are willing to do what the New Orleans Saints did with Drew Brees in which basically, you know, they would give Aaron Rodgers whatever he wanted as far as money is concerned and, and what type of deal and stuff like that. Right. And and now, of course, uh, you also mentioned uh, that uh, Brady would go and play one more year, but this time he's going to play for uh, San Francisco so that he really ends his career in uh, – Boy, you're taking you're taking my comments off the record. Wow, the comments I've made off the record, oh. off the show, you're bringing here on the show. All right, so, but let me just let me just go back here. I do still believe that if this only happens if him and Giselle get divorced, I can't see it happening with Giselle's no, consent. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We won't go down that route. We did that. No, seriously. I know we no, did, no, but no, no. what makes you think? What makes you think that they're they're building, they're... A, they're building a house in Florida? They're building a house in Florida. They're building a house in Miami. He's. I mean, I don't know. Is it they or is it him? You know, with with everything now happening with uh, Stephen Ross with the Miami Dolphins. You know, it's been said that maybe Tom wants to become a part owner of the Miami Dolphins. So, is that why he's building a house out there in uh, out there in Miami on Billionaire Row? Well, are you saying that he's going to become uh, the number one playboy uh, down there in uh, in Florida, down at South Beach? Uh, is he going to be uh, roaming the beach looking for some twenty-year-old uh, something? Just like uh, John Henry from the uh, from the uh, Red Sox when he said no, uh, his I am not wife. Listen, I am not saying that by any means. Okay, you're putting words in my mouth. I am not saying that. All I'm saying is the only way I think Tom Brady comes back to the NFL unretires is if him and Giselle get a divorce. I don't think. I, I truly I, do I, not think that she is happy. Okay, so I I just it leaves me speechless. I don't I don't know. I don't know. And all this okay. I, like like that's my feeling. That's my feeling. I'm going with the take that if Tom Brady comes back to the NFL 
and unretires, it's because him and Giselle get divorced. If he doesn't well, officially come... He hasn't re- officially, he hasn't retired, has he? I don't think he's, he's turned in the papers, so uh, I think everything is still on the table. Well, listen, everything and, uh, is still on the table, and let me tell you this. Him announcing his, we'll call it, stepping away from the NFL can be him just, you know, using that as leverage to get out of Tampa Bay. Because also coming out this past week, it's been reported that the relationship with him and Bruce Arians has not been well going all the way back to October. Stories basically saying that they, you know, he would be in the, um, you know, in um, I'll say, you know, whatever, say, you know, quarterback's room or whatever, whatever it is with, uh, you know, left witch, and all of a sudden Bruce Arians would come in after uh, getting some uh, rehab early morning and basically, you know, put a put a big red X through the through the through the game plan, and and so that obviously didn't go well for left witch or Brady. So there's that, and and. Arians came out last week with a response, basically kind of defending himself. So it means that, you know, trying to do damage control. So it means that there is some truth to the fact that him and Brady have not been on good terms this past year. So maybe Tom Brady is using this, we'll call it a fake retirement, stepping away from the game to use it as leverage to get out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. And so then it opens up the doors to where is Tom Brady going to go? And so there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk. contract with Tampa Bay is all done. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he still has another year. So I think, you know, he's still on a contract. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying... You know, he would, where is he going to go? And so I think if he were to go somewhere, I think it might be with the San Francisco 49ers, okay? And so then you might ask, you know, because, you know, we're going to say that Tom Brady is going to finish where he started, out there in Cali, okay? So he's out there with the 49ers. So now you ask the question, well, Jimmy Garoppolo has been on record basically saying, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's all set with the 49ers. He's done with the 49ers. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens because as far as I'm concerned, Jimmy G is out from the 49ers. So that means the 49ers need a quarterback, and I wouldn't be surprised if they've been in talks with Tom Brady trying to get him to come out of retirement. But like I've said, I'm sticking to my gut feeling that if Tom Brady comes out of retirement, it's if him and Giselle get a divorce. There is no way Giselle is giving him his her blessing to play another year in the NFL. Oh, I think you're reading those uh, tabloids too much. Listen, let's, let's, that's let's my take, that. Ray. That's my take, Ray. Okay, Let, let's leave that and, and this garbage about LeBron James. LeBron James is only out for LeBron James. This thing about his, his son... Uh, you you read reports about LeBron James being the ultimate umbrella parent. He is the worst parent. He is a coach's nightmare, an official's nightmare when he goes to basketball games to watch his son play. He thinks his son is the next coming of him. He's not, though. He's not that good. He's not that good, but but, but you know he's going to end up in the he's going to end up in the NBA because of LeBron. It's just how it works. So it's like Stephen so Belichick LeBron, at the Patriots. Well, yeah, but is is LeBron going to dictate so that now uh, the kids in high school? So is the kid going to make it to uh, to the NBA right out of high school, or will LeBron have to wait another uh, year, maybe two? Or at the outset, if the kid isn't really that good, four years. And then he's going to dictate to some team, you're picking up my son number one and I will play for you? I, I can, don't think so. Oh, I can see I, that I happening. Mean, I don't know. I can see that happening. Well, if that is true, then whatever owner or GM who 
consents to that, they should be thrown out of the league. Oh, boy. They, they, they should take the franchise away from these clowns because LeBron is only after one thing, and that is the money. He says money doesn't matter. Money matters to him. Otherwise, why would he be investing it with the Red Sox? That's another that's another nail in the coffin for me as far as the Red Sox are concerned. Uh, and in my own heart of hearts, I'm hoping that this uh, player-owner fiasco that's going on right now is will not be resolved until halfway through the season so that the owners lose more money. They lost more they lost the money last year with COVID and I hope that they lose more money uh, because they're only out for one thing and that that's money and I guess you know, as an owner, that's what you want anyway. But uh, so, from what I've been hearing, it seems like they've been in uh, they've been in talks this past the last few days, and it seems like yeah. they're they're coming closer and closer um, to a solution. Yeah, but if the uh, players stick to their guns, the owners aren't going to come around. The owners aren't going to come around. So, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I'm not a fan of LeBron's. I'm not a fan of John Henry and the ownership of the Red Sox because I, I truly believe that years ago it was uh, taken away from McCourt. Uh, and in order to appease McCourt, MLB gave gave the, uh, fr- uh, the McCourt's uh, – the franchise out in L.A., they gave him the Dodgers. But if, in fact, McCourt got the franchise in Boston, the ownership of Boston, as the Yawkey group wanted, and they were ready to get to, to sell it to him, we would have been in a brand-new waterfront stadium down in what is now the Seaport District of of uh, Boston, he would have improved that area. Uh, and we as fans in New England would uh, would be sitting in a modern, up-to-date stadium, not something that is being held together with bubble gum. <laughs> and they put in a couple of new seats, but you notice that... Uh, a lot of the seats, the grandstand seats, they're still not making them any bigger. And they're not uh, replacing all of them because if they did, they'd have to adhere to the new building codes and they would actually lose seating. So, All right, know, Ray. Well, listen, talk. here's the deal. I'm going to have to start charging you uh, counseling and, and, and therapy fees for every time you call in here because I think you just got so much weight off your chest, and especially about John Henry. I know he's one of your favorite people in the world. So, one of my favorite. Yep. I'll have to talk to you later, Ray. Okay, Harrison. It's always a pleasure. That's right. All right, and now let's play the game. Where around the world is Bill from the car? Where has he driven his car today? Senior Harrison. Oh, Mexicano. <laughs> Bill from the car is over there in Mexico. What's going on? You know what? You don't want to be uh, hey, listen. Harrison, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have the the vote for the most loyal caller. You do listen from around the world here. Listen, it's going to be sixty-six tomorrow in Massachusetts. I don't know why you would want to mix miss out on that. And then on Friday, if you believe it, we're going to get eight to twelve inches of snow. So welcome home, Bill. Oh, thank you, Harrison. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think you had a great guess with Jake. That was a really good uh, in, uh, take on what happened with Juwan Howard. I was going to touch upon that briefly. Um, I'd actually like to hear what your uh, what your buddies that uh, co- coaches out there at Michigan uh, would like to say on that as well. But anyways, I thought that was a very poor example 
for his players, for John Howard to do that. Um, I get everybody makes mistakes and you lose your cool, but you, as a head coach for an elite team like Michigan, you cannot let that happen. And I think he's going to end up losing his job over it. And I think he should. Yeah. And I yeah, think he this should. This isn't the first time, like, like, like you said. You know? It's not. And like I said in the beginning um, comments, it, it's not how you – it's not how you run a team. That's not how a leader reacts. Like, you have yeah. to, because by him doing that, that shows his players and his assistant coaches that it's okay to do that, and that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, he, he definitely, he definitely overstepped what he, his bounds there, and he probably should lose his job. Yeah, I agree. Um, no, no, another, uh, another hot take I wanted to get from you is, Bill Mickelson's uh, comments on the Saudi tour and um, the talk about them starting a new tour over there. What's your take on that? Yeah, so let me just—I was just going to get to that. Actually, uh, the you know he he did did uh, release a statement, um, basically saying his you know his um, he's he's apologized for his comments regarding the the Saudi uh, golf league, saying it was reckless. I've offended people, and I'm deeply sorry for my choice of words. Uh, and let me just read you the last sentence. I know I have not been my best and desperately need some time away to prioritize the ones I love most and work on being the man I want to be. So what's that mean? That means he's taking a leave away from golf. We're not going to see him. He's not going to play in the Masters. He's not going to play in the U.S. Open, the, the one tournament he needs to complete the career Grand Slam. It's interesting. It's he, might inter- just be, he might just be taking a. He might be just taking a couple weeks off. I can't see him missing the Masters. Um, but anyway, it's just interesting that there's a couple players that have expressed interest in in playing on that tour. I don't think it will ever happen. Um, but you know, if they put the prize money up, and you know, you never know, the, these guys might might go over there. Yeah, we'll see what happens, and and I know you you know you're saying you know they might go over there you know for, uh, um, referring to you know Saudi. However, um, it is to be believed that they might there'll be a number of tournaments held here in the United States. Now, let me throw this one at you, Bill. One person who might be hosting some of those events is former president, Mr. Donald J. Trump. Because if you remember, the PGA Tour took Doral away from him and took away from his uh, profit and took away from his tournaments that he was hosting at all his Trump places. So now this is also opening up the door for Trump to swoop in and have more tournaments at his places. So it's an interesting stuff. A lot of players have come out and, and said... You know, I you know we're not. I'm not going to do this, this, that, and the other thing. But there, there's players that haven't, and you know, I believe there's going to be, you know, definitely a few players that come out. You know that that will go, and there might be a few big name ones that do do it, and that might attract other people to go there as well. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting take with Donald Trump being in the mix on that. That would. That definitely wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting stuff. I mean, it's just something to think about. It, it, it could get Trump's hands back in, in back into things. It really could. It's something. It's something interesting. Something. Something to think about with that. Well, he doesn't like the attention, does he? No, no, he hates it. Actually, I heard <laughs> hates it. All right, well, Hamilton, I just wanted to check in real quick. I got a margarita that with my name on it, so I have to— Listen, uh, let me ask you I something. You're over, there yeah. in, you're over there in Mexico, and you're saying you have a margarita waiting for you. Do you know what today is, Bill? This is—yes, uh, it is. It's, it's actually National Margarita Day, right? Or, <laughs> there you go. There you go, Bill yeah, from the car. You're on fire today. Yeah. And it's Taco <laughs> Tuesday, so maybe you can have some tacos along with a few margaritas. How about that? That sounds good. That sounds like a plan. Oh, well, hey, we'll let me ask you work. something. We're talking about yeah. so much about golf. Have you played it all? Yes. Really? 
As a matter of fa- as a matter of fact, I did. And how did you do? Did, yeah. We played in a scramble tournament, uh, and uh, the team finished minus two. So all right, not bad, not bad. I I wanted to hear your own personal score, but now nah, all right, guess I'm not going to get that today. <laughs> all right, we'll see you soon back right. in the states, mate. Okay, keep up the good work. All right, there's Bill from the car playing. We're around the world today is Bill. All right, nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. That's nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. Fifteen minutes back here on the uh, left here uh, on the show. You're listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. Alrighty, so again, uh, 15 minutes left here on the show. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill did mention uh, he he did bring up something that I was going to talk about. Basically, this whole Phil Mickelson thing. You know, he's been one person that that has you know. Sp- I guess he hasn't spoken out, but there's been words about him. Um, you know, wanting to basically you know be a big driver, be one of these big name people in this in this Saudi league. So it's something to keep in mind. All right, we're going college to college. Matt from Rhode Island at Bryant. What's going on? Hey, Harrison. How you doing today? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. It's been a couple weeks. Good to catch up. Yeah, listen, I know you're a big basketball fan, but I know as much of a basketball fan you are, you can be, yep. a, you can be a Bryant fan. And the Bryant Absolutely. Bulldog baseball team beat the number 12 team in the in the I mean I guess not the country but in the nation yeah, if if you yeah. will um yeah uh, who was it was it eastern eastern carolina east east carolina east yeah. carolina how yep. about that how about that starting off your season huh yeah so sweeping was, them uh, sweeping them it was yeah for sure i mean it was interesting uh we had a lot of hype coming into the year um on campus wise i didn't look into it too much cuz you know i'm a huge basketball guy for that's Brian right. right now but, that's right uh, um, but yeah, this weekend we uh, we swept that team uh, in in uh, East Carolina, so that was uh, pretty impressive for us. And now we're in the top twenty-five actually um, in the nation, so I think we're like number twenty-two in one of the polls. Wow! So uh, we've gotten some uh, some national attention, and uh, we actually had Jared Carabas. I'm sure you know him from yep, Barstool. Absolutely. He, uh, he tweeted he was going to come out for one of the for a uh, couple of the games. Wow, that'd be great. Park, which is our home field. Yeah, that'd be great. So, uh, it's cool to get all this national attention. But it's funny, the one thing that goes swept under the rug is that uh, in the second game of the series, there's a tie game in the ninth inning. Yeah, so talk, and, so uh, t- yeah, talk to me about that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that, but they uh, – one of the – so we were pitching to East Carolina about on the ninth, and basically um, there was like an 0-1 pitch, no outs guy hits an absolute blast at least 400 feet home run for was going to be a walk-off home run but um at the, at the last second the first base umpire calls time out of nowhere for no reason so east carolina is going around celebrating you know dumping the water on them and stuff and then all of a sudden the rest the umpires get together and they're like and because brian's freaking out saying oh this guy called time right. so the umpires get together and they and they called back the home run. Yeah, crazy. So they they called it back, and the the as you can as you would imagine, the East Carolina manager is going crazy, saying, "Why would he call time?" And the explanation that he was given was that the first base umpire couldn't see for whatever reason, so he called time. Wow. Um. So it was it was crazy, and then obviously we ended up winning that game five four and extra. So it was just it was funny how that it was it was crazy how that turn of events turns into a win for us and ultimately a sweep. So uh. The East series could have went a lot differently if we didn't if uh, that play goes doesn't go our way. But hey, we take it and run. You need those plays. You're going to beat the number 12 team in the country, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. That was uh, you know, big win for you guys. But hey, you know what? The ball doesn't lie, right? So if uh, yeah, ball does not lie. So if does. you know if it did lie, you know if that was a lying uh, situation, then you know what? The kid probably yeah. would have uh, hit a hit 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 his next pitch out of the park, and he Absolutely. didn't. So you know what? The ball doesn't lie. The Bryant Bulldogs won. Let's move away from baseball yeah. because we have another three months to talk about baseball. Let's talk about your Bryant Bulldog men's basketball team. They're playing sure. tomorrow, uh, Thursday night, sorry, against uh, St. Francis, Brooklyn. Yeah. And then there. 
and then they play at Bryant Saturday to finish off the season against the number one seed, Wagner, who is 15-1. You guys are 13-2. and two. You can take that first place. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, it really is the buzz around campus right now about that team. Uh, we had two consecutive home games this past week and two consecutive sellout records, uh, one after another. Um, so it's, it's, it's been crazy here uh, with the amount of hype going around this team with Peter Kiss, our leading scorer, being the leading scorer in the nation uh, by a point and a half over the next guy. Um, so we have a lot of national attention uh, from everybody. And then Wagner, who is they're, – they're unbelievable. They're, I think they, they got a vote this week for the AP top 25 in the country. Wow. Um, so, so they're, they're no joke. They're no joke, but we, uh, I was actually talking, you know, just as you say that Matt, and and you say that they're no joke and you know, I get it. We'll respect them. We'll say they're no joke, but you know, I'm a, I'm a man of the, of the Merrimack warriors and Merrimack took down Wagner at Wagner. Uh, what was it last week? I think. Yeah. Well, last Saturday, 80 by, by 15 points. 80 to 65 yep. a huge win so i mean listen yep. i know listen i get it wagner is you know very serious you have to take them seriously but yep. you know just to show credit to to my team and the merrimack warriors um, and them taking down a big name team like wagner was big yeah that was huge for you guys and unfortunately we couldn't use that to our advantage because we ended up losing to liu that day on the road right um but that was But I said to you, uh, I don't know if I said this to you off the air or on the air, but it might have been on the air. And I think I said, you know, hopefully, you know, my Merrimack Warriors can help out, can help out the Bryant Bulldogs and and beat Wagner. And they, and they did. And they did. Yeah. You guys did your part. You did your part. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a, there is a lot, a lot of buzz going on uh, for Saturday night. I talked to a couple of the guys on the team today, and they are just buzzing. They are, they are so ready for Saturday. And of course, we got to take care of business on Thursday before that game. We can't look ahead, obviously. Um, but uh, that four o'clock game on Saturday, it's going to be probably the probably I'm guessing is going to be a sellout record. People are saying you're going to have to get there an hour before the game. Uh, which is unheard of. I would for, say for any C basketball game. I think I would tell you to get there earlier, maybe two hours, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean it's it's really crazy. They're doing a big whiteout. Uh, students get free T-shirts. Nice. So free. We we set a half court shot for 10K last game. So they're really doing a, a big emphasis, a good job on getting students involved in this team because hey, if they if they keep going on the run they're on here and we make the tournament. You know, they might call me crazy, but I remember in the uh, in the wee months of September and October, we were talking about this team. I said, "Hey, just keep an eye on them. You never know; we could shock some heads." And uh, you did. You're exact. You're ex- tournament. Who knows? Yep. And your exact words were Cinderella team. Yeah, and it didn't look so good early on, but we're coming together at the right time. And uh, hopefully, when we're having this conversation next week, we got the one T going to the tournament, and uh, we're uh, we're looking good. But I know we have this conversation all the time too, but I feel for Merrimack because they should they, they should be in it. They should be the three or four seed, and they should be right there too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's something that I've that you know again we you know we say we talk about all the time. You know, why do you get punished moving up a um, division in which you would think that's just a punishment in itself? Why is it that right. you have to miss out of tournament play because you're moving up a division? Why? I just don't get it. If anything, yeah, it should I mean, be uh, a, it should be a reward. It's you're completely right. Imagine the story. It, Imagine yeah. the story. I mean, the first year that we were in, um, yeah, that we were that we right. were that we were in Division One, we actually could have made the tournament. Yeah, or we would right. have made the tournament, or whatever it was. But I'm just saying, yeah. we would have made the tournament, if you will. And what a story it would be! First year Division One team. Now, you know, in the in the in the in March Madness, absolutely. What a story absolutely. that is! What a story that is! Yeah, I I just don't get it. If you go from Division One to Division Two or D One to D Three or D Three or whatever it is, if you go if yeah. you go to a, an easier division, then go ahead, tack on a few years, right. fine, okay. But if you're going from D Two to D One, D Three to D Two, whatever it is, yeah, no, no, come on. Get out of here. Get out of here with that garbage. Yeah. 
and, and you need that you need that exposure too by winning the uh, by winning the NEC title to get more exposure to the, the school that's recently going D one that needs more exposure for recruiting purposes and that that'll get you that exposure. Absolutely. And I, I it's I, like we say all the time. I I don't understand it. Hopefully the the rule will change soon. I know it's a hot topic among. Not just us, the the fans, but the analysts as well. Well, something um, something interesting that I heard the other day from someone is that I know uh, Stonehill is going D one, and at least as really? as far as basketball, and so something that and basically the reason why is because the NCAA isn't going to allow schools to go Division one, you know, coming up within the next right. ten years. So they're going to cut that off, basically. So, you know, in five years, if you want to go D1, well, no, you have to wait another five years. Yeah, right. So now, right. you know, you have – So, and why are they doing that? I, I don't know. So what are they going to do? Let me ask you something. You tell a team yep. that you can't go Division One for 10 years, so now they're waiting 10 years, and then they get into Division One, and you can't go to the tournament or whatever it is, playoffs, for another three years yeah. or four years, whatever it right. is? That's baloney. Come on. It's a it's a fifteen year it's basically a fifteen year penalty. Right. I mean, the, the NCAA has made some crazy, crazy. Decisions. And how do you? My question is: Is how do you convince somebody? How do you convince a player to come play for yep. you if you can't? If you don't have anything to play for, what do you have right. to play for? You want to play for championships. You want to play to get into the playoffs, but you can't. You can't right. because you're not eligible for some stupid reason. Yep. Come on. It, and that and that just speaks to how great of a coach you have over there, and Joe Gallo. I mean, to recruit these guys, basically saying they listen, we we can't wait, we can't go to the tournament. We have really you're just playing, but to be able to be that much of an influence on these guys, to influence them on and off the floor, um, and get the get the players they have, it's because uh, you guys got a great team year in year out. Uh, so really, it's a testament to him and what he does. Um, but but you're completely right. I couldn't agree more for all these programs. It's just it's an unnecessary. Just honestly, punishment that makes zero sense to me, and and it's honestly a shame to these kids because they work so hard to get to the Division One level, and to have something like that happen is just a shame. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you, and and to elaborate a little more, Joe Gallo, great guy, he's come on the show before. Uh, you know, I talk to him when I see him out out in public. He's a great guy. His team, his team is a great team, great players, great personalities. They're nice. Right. Uh, always say hi to me. You know, I know them personally, so they always say hi to me. They yep. never try and, you know, Hollywood me or anything like that. They're great kids. Right. It's a great group, and it, it's it yep. really is a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, that it absolutely is. I can only imagine um, how they feel and their motivation about it. But uh, I mean, think of how they feel. How, think of how they feel after me going off of a rant for ten minutes. Yeah, they're probably running through a wall, fired up. Seriously. Right. I mean, I don't. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. All right, Matt. Anything else? I have about a, a minute left. Anything else you want to talk about, real quick? I'll give you a quick prediction for the Celtics for the rest of the season. Sure. Um, I know because I'm a basketball guy, but uh, I think we're going to get into the playoffs. Be about a, be about a five seed, five four seed. Uh, I think we're going to win the first round. I really do. I think the team's coming along. Um, but then I think. I think we're going to end up playing Brooklyn, or sorry, Philadelphia in the second round, and I think that is going to be an exciting series. I don't know if we're going to win yet. i got to see how we, how we perform in the first two weeks, but to play, to, we always play Philly hard, and it seems like we always have their number in the playoffs. So I really hope we match up with them with their new roster with Harden. So uh, hopefully we continue the way we ended going into the All-Star break and we uh, make a good run at it, but uh, we'll just have to see. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll, have to, we'll have to see what happens, to say the least. Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking my call. Uh, hopefully, we have this conversation next week. We got a big win for Brian and going into the tournament strong. Absolutely. Good. Good luck to you, Matt, and good luck to the uh, Brian Bulldog men's basketball team. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. There's Matt from Rhode Island. Matt in uh, at Bryant University, and just like that, that's going to do it for me here on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase coming to you live. From Methuen Community Studios on Merrimack Valley Public Radio. Great show today, everyone. I'd like to thank all my supporters, all my listeners, and all my callers uh, for doing what you do week in and week out. Uh, This show wouldn't be what it is uh, without all of you. For day-to-day hourly updates, you can follow me on Twitter, HarrisonChase5. That's HarrisonChase5 on Twitter. 
Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the 66-degree weather on Wednesday, and then enjoy the 8 to 12 inches of snow on Friday. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to The Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, Mondays at 5, only on Methuen Community Studios.